Hi neighbors. In Monday night's town board meeting, we heard our annual audit of the town of Superior financial statements, approved a final development plan for Marshall Road Bridge over Coal Creek in downtown Superior, and opened a public hearing to consider building the park at Rock Creek on what's commonly referred to as the Zaharias property. Ready to find out more on what happened? As usual, you may keep watching this video, subscribe to the Laura for Superior podcast, or click through to my blog to read this post in written form. Before getting started, we decided to try something new with our agenda and move public comment before board reports. There was some disagreement among the board as to whether this was a good idea. The intention was to allow board members to respond in their reports to items brought up in public comment, but some board members did not feel it was appropriate to respond to public comments. However, it was a moot point as there were no public comments outside of the agenda items. During board reports, Mayor Pro Tem Mark Lasis made an anti-racist statement on behalf of the entire board. We have also invited the Boulder County Sheriff to our June 22nd board meeting to discuss how we can keep the community safe while ensuring that Black lives matter. I did not prepare a personal statement on racism and inequality, as I knew Mayor Pro Tem Lasis would be making a statement on behalf of the full board, and I stand behind everything he said. But on a personal note, I'm currently examining my own biases understand exactly where I am on my own journey to become anti-racist and an ally. I would welcome any suggestions from residents as to tactical actions I can take to ensure Superior is an inclusive community and to understand resources you found helpful. For my part, I'll encourage everyone to take five minutes and sit down with their family to watch the YouTube video called Understanding White Privilege Through a $100 Race. It uses the metaphor of life as a race to explain white privilege so that even kids can understand it. If you're interested in reading more about my thoughts on this topic, you can visit my personal blog by clicking through to the link. On a less somber note, I want to commend town staff for successfully opening the pools on Monday. I was able to go for a quick lap swim between meetings and was very impressed by how well trained the staff were. I understand they worked through the weekend to have the new policies and procedures finalized and the facility ready. For those who have questions about the new system, you may visit superiorrec.com or email TOSPROS, that's Town of Superior Parks, Recreation, and Open Space, at gmail.com. Next, item 2F, the presentation of our comprehensive annual financial report. Paul Niedermuller from Clifton Larson Allen presented our annual audit of the Town of Superior financial statements. Once again, we received an unmodified rating meaning that our financial statements fairly represent our financial position in accordance with generally accepted accounting principles. Next, our board unanimously passed the consent agenda, including a proclamation for Gun Violence Awareness Day, reappointment of our municipal judge and associate judge, and reappointment of members to our various committees. Item 3D, an amendment to the municipal code to update write-in candidate guidance and election cancellation deadlines aligned with state law was pulled for discussion. If we did not want to align with state or county policy, we'd need to run our own election for municipal candidates, meaning the Board of Trustees, rather than being a part of the state and county ballot every other November. Essentially, this amendment says that if a voter writes in a candidate, but that candidate has not filed an affidavit of intent with the town clerk, verifying that he or she wants the office and is qualified, the vote will not count. Furthermore, if there are no more people running for an office than spots to be filled, the election may be canceled and those candidates would automatically become elected. I completely disagree with both of these changes as they take power away from voters to elect who they want. However, this item passed four to three, 
with Mayor Pro Tem Mark Lasis, Trustee Sandy Hammerly, and myself at the attending votes. Next, item five, continued FTP for Marshall Road Bridge over Coal Creek in downtown Superior. The original plan development or PD plan for downtown Superior was created in October, 2012. Five amendments have been processed since then to accommodate design changes. At Monday night's meeting, we considered an FDP to extend Marshall Road over Coal Creek to provide access to downtown Superior. In short, the proposed FDP would allow Marshall Road to extend south over Coal Creek and connect the northern area of downtown Superior and Superior Plaza with the downtown core. At our last meeting, our board asked for more context around the designs for Parks 1 and 2 on either side of the bridge before making a decision on the bridge. The original FDP for Parks 1 and 2 was approved in 2017. For this meeting, town staff summarized the changes to Parks 1 and 2 since the FDP was approved. A summary of those changes is linked on my blog. Clearly, the design of these parks has changed quite a bit. We've removed the Great Lawn, Amphitheater, North Parking Lot and Restrooms, Stairs, and Splash Pad amenity. I agreed with some of my fellow board members that it's problematic to approve a bridge in the midst of those park changes, since the potential of approval of this FDP might lead to a conflict with the park designs. That is to say, if we approve the bridge, we might then be stuck with certain design changes in the park. We were in a tough spot to determine exactly how this FDP would affect the parks, because the park design already needs to change due to the realignment of Coal Creek. While we were assured that the parks could still have all the elements originally planned, I was unable to get an answer to whether the cost of any of these elements would increase as a result of needing to rearrange. A major concern, since we have a limited budget for Perks 1 and 2. And while some elements might be technically feasible, I was concerned that they may no longer be financially feasible. The board voted to approve this plan 4 to 3, with trustees Sandy Hammerly, trustee Kevin Ryan, and me as the dissenting vote. Finally, we opened a public hearing to hear a final subdivision plat, or FP, and final plat site plan, or FPSP, for the park at Rock Creek on the 24-acre property commonly referred to as the Zaharias property in between Highway 36 and 88th Street. The proposed FP would divide the land into one 15-acre development lot, one publicly dedicated tract of land at 3.8 acres for use as open space, two privately owned tracts of land for use as open space and storm detention, and 0.97 acres of publicly dedicated right-of-way along the eastern edge of South 88th Street. This land is all currently zoned as commercial, though it's never been developed, so some members of the community erroneously believe it's open space. In conjunction with this is a request to zone Lot 1, Block 1 to residential, so that the applicant could build 180 apartments along with the associated private streets, public and private utilities, as well as landscaping and site improvements. We heard the initial presentation from the developer, and then a few members of the board asked some questions before we took public comment. Public comment had not concluded by our meeting end time of 11 p.m., but a motion to extend the meeting time did not pass, with trustees Sandy Hammerly, Kevin Ryan, Neil Shaw, and me as the dissenting votes. A member of the board spoke up vehemently about the decision not to extend. I was cut off from responding to those comments in the meeting, so I'll provide my rationale here. Although I'm always eager to hear from our residents, I do not believe it's respectful to you if we continue public comments past 11 p.m., when our board is exhausted rather than fully engaged with what you're saying. I would like to point out that I was intentionally quiet after the developer presentation, 
because I wanted to prioritize public comment. So I was pretty frustrated to then be attacked by a member of the board who spent a lot of time asking questions as not wanting to hear from the public. I apologize to those residents who did not have an opportunity to speak on Monday night, but I encourage you to email your thoughts to townboard at superiorcolorado.gov so that they may be put into the public record and thoroughly read and considered by each board member prior to the next meeting. Email, emailing us your comments is not only more efficient, but it also allows you to make all your points without any fear of hitting the time limit used in meetings. That said, if you prefer to speak, you may alternatively join our next board meeting for the continuation of this public hearing. A motion passed six to one to continue this to the next meeting on Monday, June 22nd, with Mayor Pro Tem Mark Lasis as the dissenting vote. As such, this application is still under consideration, so I'm not legally per permitted to comment on it outside of the formal board meetings. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this recap. I really hope it's helpful. Our board is always open to hearing your comments, questions, and concerns. You may always email your feedback to townboard at superiorcolorado.gov or to me specifically at lauras at superiorcolorado.gov. As a reminder, any messages sent to a government email are part of the public record and will have your name attached. If you feel the need to write in anonymously, they always comment at the bottom of my blog post recaps. Thanks again for listening and have a great rest of your week.